Welcome to the podcast where you eavesdrop into conversations between my friends and I on a weekly basis. My name is Lily Jo, I'm a singer, songwriter, and I perform shows all over the world. I'm a qualified counsellor and an emotional wellbeing coach. You can also check out my award-winning online mental health resource, The Lily Jo Project. I know you will find gems of wisdom within the conversations that I have with my friends. Hopefully you will find tools and resources that you can hold on to, try and test for yourself all around the important subject of mental health and personal development. I am so pleased to welcome you to today's episode of Eavesdrop. Welcome to Eavesdrop, where you get the opportunity to eavesdrop into conversations between my friends and I. In this season, we are talking to key workers who are battling COVID-19 on the front lines. And on today's episode, I have the privilege of talking to Suzanne. So Suzanne is a midwife. She's been in the maternal world for around 11 years. And we're going to have a conversation about how life has been since the outbreak and how things are different and what's been going on on the front lines. So welcome to today's episode, Suzanne. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having Hi. me. <laughs> how are you doing today? Are you on a day off? Yeah, day off today. I've got today and tomorrow to regroup and spend time with my children and then I'm back in over the weekend. Wow. Okay. So are you a full-time midwife then? Tell us a little bit about your job role. Yeah, so it's pretty much full-time. I'm contracted for about 30 hours a week, but I do tend to do a bit more. This week, for example, I'll be doing four 10 to 11-hour shifts, so it's a tough week for me. As part of my job role, I'm actually working during the day, so I don't kind of do nights and things, which is good. But I work in a clinic and also a bit like a pregnancy A&E, so we're dealing first-hand with ladies that are coming in with complications and problems, and we assess them and send them either into like a delivery suite or onto like doctors and things like that if needed. Wow. So did you always want to be a midwife? Was this your dream role or how did you come about (laughs) getting into maternal services? No, I think I've always wanted to work in something to do with medicine. And I originally wanted to be a doctor years ago. And I had the place and then life is what happens when you make other plans. I went off and did something completely different. I worked as a flight attendant for many years. And then I had my children and the desire kind of came back to me. I really felt like I'd missed out on that part of my life. So I decided at the ripe old age of 30 to apply. I didn't think I'd get in, so I was too old and I got in. So yeah, I was a bit of a latecomer, which is good because people always think you've been at it for ages when really I've not. Wow, that's amazing. So you decided to actually go for it regardless of your age and regardless of your experience. You were like, I'll just give it a go, see what happens, push the door and here we are. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so what would a typical day look like for you? For midwives, in general, in my trust, they are very, very like different days. We tend to do long days, so sort of starting around about 7.30, finishing about 8 o'clock in the evening. And we'll either work within different areas, so it'll either be in like the delivery suite area where you're looking after ladies who are primarily in labour and going to deliver their babies, 
or looking after ladies on like what are hospital wards, but mainly for women who've given birth or who are admitted into the hospital because there's problems with their pregnancies. Where I work, would it be in a bit like a, a day area, it's a very fast-paced day. So we can see upwards of between 20 patients to 30 patients in a morning and then the same in the afternoon. And it's very much like you kind of meeting people and making sure that they're well. You have to make decisions really quickly. Yeah, so it's, it, it makes the day go quick, but it's quite a high-pressure environment where I'm based at the moment. Wow. Yeah. So do you actually deliver babies, Suzanne? Yes. Yeah, I do. So our posts are rotational. So at any time we can ask to move or we can be moved. So you have to keep your skills up. So every year we'll have, we'll be reskilled in the emergency situations and things like that. And if we go out into community, for example, then we would be responsible for not only looking after ladies, say GP clinics or doing visits, but also attending home births. So even though we're based in one area, we do rotate around all the different areas within the hospital to keep our skills as midwives. And do you tally how many babies you've delivered? No, I don't tend to tally. I know other midwives that do. I think when you're a student midwife, you have to get 40 deliveries. So it seems to be that you're obsessed with this number of 40. And then for me, as soon as I kind of got beyond, I don't know, 43, 44, I didn't count. I think what sticks in my mind is not so much the number, but I've really looked after some amazing families that have just completely melted my heart. And it's that that tends to stick with me. And that can be either the first 40 or it can be in in the others that I've looked after years to come after that so yeah you're very special people midwives I remember having my children and just knowing that this person that I didn't necessarily know had like my livelihood in their hands you know yeah <laughs> and, um, absolutely. very very special it's mm -hmm. amazing what you do okay so obviously we've been hit with this coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak how has that changed your day-to-day -day job and how's life been since the outbreak and since lockdown? It's changed our job mainly in I'd say in quite practical and emotional ways really so I mean practically we can't do anything now without PPE so that's like your personal protective equipment so for us it's visors and masks gloves and aprons and we're already in uniform so it, it's a hot and difficult process we have it light you know if, if we were say nurses in critical care it would be a lot harder for for that for my colleagues who work there so even just looking after a patient it takes time to be able to get all of that on and then to take it off and then to look after another patient so it's a double-edged sword really because we've got the numbers that are still the same and on one hand it's really good that we're protected but on the other hand it does make life inconvenient and you're constantly reminded that we've got this thing there all the time and I think even just coming on to shifts on a day-to-day -day basis, there's just change after change. That's really unsettling for us. That the hospital itself is now on, our hospital is on lockdown. I know other hospitals are, where they change the way that people can enter the hospital and leave the hospital. So that, that makes your normal working environment feel a little bit alien and that can be quite unsettling. I think the biggest change for us has got to be really the emotional impact that it's had on the patients because I think like you were saying before you know you really remembered how your midwife was there for you at that particular time so one person's childbirth 
to me it might be like another sort of day at the office but for that woman that's something that's so going to stick in their mind forever and for them to come in and to see us in masks and gloves and pinnies and it's so disconcerting for them so that's been the big change really is just allowing ourselves that extra time to try and help people and settle them when they are worried as well as being worried about the babies yeah okay so how are you managing your own personal mental health through this time you know obviously you've described the feeling of being unsettled but you know how are you managing to every day or every day that you've got a shift leave the house be positive and keep going how are you doing that Suzanne? I've struggled with my own mental health in that I've struggled with suffering from really quite severe anxiety in relation to stress with work and also in relation to my personal life so I've developed some techniques that help me to use that. And I found that I've been able to use that to help other people that I work with. So one of my things that I try and do is be mindful of wherever I am, you know, rather than actually letting my brain kind of take off all these different worries about things. Because if I did that, I wouldn't be able to even go to work. So for me, like I was saying before about the women who are scared, you know, I've, I've had people that have come in and I just genuinely do. I've been taking that time to just be in that moment with that one lady and just try and really get into her pregnancy journey and say to her, you know, like, how are you coping with lockdown and, and how is it with your other kids? And that completely shifts my focus because it makes me see that everybody has got their own struggle. And it helps me to kind of not be caught up on like a hamster wheel of patient after patient, but actually try and use that skill to alleviate my own anxieties as well. Brilliant. Yeah. So mindfulness is such an important tool, isn't it? Yeah. So to just focus on being in the moment and like you said I guess there's a real distraction in that you're being in that moment for somebody else and that takes it away from yourself doesn't it when you have to be there for other people really good so do you have any examples of people surprising you in positive ways throughout this time We've had examples of a lot of generosity during this time towards us, which has been really nice and, we, and unexpected, you know, I mean, midwives, we've got this kind of backbone thing of just cracking on regardless, everybody, everybody needs a midwife and we know there is a lot of appreciation for our, and quite rightly so for our nursing colleagues at the moment. So we were really surprised to receive gifts and treats, but we've have been on shifts where we've received truckloads of pizzas, and uh, boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts. We've had randomly, we got some McDonald's buns and all the McDonald's bacon. So that wasn't great for me because I'm vegan, but I did eat some of the Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we've had toiletries given to us and things. We've had a lot of generosity from people. And also we've had women as well that have really like taken the time. I looked after one lady who was very nervous and I tried to do what I was saying before, you know, just spend that time with her. And she just said, I um, was really, really scared coming in because as well, ladies are not coming in with children or partners. They're coming in alone. And you've just t- taken the time to make me feel relaxed. And so a lot of ladies are feeding that back to midwives, whereas perhaps they wouldn't have done that maybe if their partner was there. I don't know. But that's been surprising. And we've shared that amongst ourselves. And that's been really nice. As well as the Krispy Kreme. They were pretty good. Yeah, that's always a win. Krispy Kreme is always a win. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit more about the fact that mothers are delivering 
babies on their own. I mean, that's, it's pretty horrific, right? I just want to make oh. a point of the fact yeah. that it's really horrific that women are having to do this because of this situation, because of the outbreak. Yeah, so just to clarify, so if they come into hospital and they're suspected to be in labour and they're in discomfort, we would never turn a birthing partner away. But we are assessing the ladies like we would do normally. If they're then found to be in what we class as established labour, that birthing partner stays. So, but it is just one. So it's not like mum and sister and, and spouse, it would just be either you know spouse or mum or whoever they want so if they're on a labour ward they do have somebody with them however it's often the case that when ladies come in that initial period is the period where they're really worried and it's that when there's security and security is saying no I'm really sorry but you can only come in on your own so for ladies that are coming in say for an induction or ladies that are coming in because there's a problem with the baby the vast majority of those ladies will then come in on their own and their spouses or mums or whatever are waiting in the car that's quite hard for them I think because sometimes you just need someone to hold your hand at that time but yeah, wow. So I guess that's the biggest change then to your service, really, like having this restriction on a partner or a mother or a sister being with that mother in her time of need, really. Yeah, definitely. It's It has changed things. And in some ways, even though it's changed things for the women and it's made it harder for them initially, what we've found as well is there's been quite a good solidarity between women. So like if they are, and I just think that's in our woman's psyche, you know, if they are waiting together on their own, quite often they'll come for each other. Or if they're on a ward, say for example, where usually you would have a lady and her husband sat there on his phone all day or whatever next to him, then now there's no one there. So now they're actually sort of talking to each other and it seems to be that there's things are relaxing down a bit now from the initial sort of shock of it because people are realizing that that has to happen and there's a reason why. So yeah, it's it has been the biggest change, but it, it's good to see some positivity coming out of it as well. Yeah, oh, I love the idea of solidarity and women coming together in their time of need. That is just such an amazing testimony of, you know, something positive to come out of this situation. Okay, so is there anything that you have been learning about yourself through this time? I know we're getting a little bit personal now, Suzanne, but is there anything you think, oh my goodness, when this is all over, I am going to make sure that I do this, this and this differently, or I'm going to, I mean, I guess for you, it's a little bit different because you're busy and you're yeah. a busy mom yourself and you're still working, whereas somebody like me who has just had my gigs cancelled from my diary you know I am just at home so I've had time to think <laughs> yeah so I don't yeah. know have you had that time to reflect and think about doing things differently what's your biggest takeaways probably it's just not to kind of I would have worried about this before but I think it's kind of not to sweat the small stuff if that makes sense so to give you an example I belong to a whatsapp group that's full of wonderful women and as women we share and there was a lot of examples of homeschooling and cake baking and, <laughs> and making paper mache fish heads and all this you know so as a mom I think oh gosh I've not done that oh you know I've not sat down and played with something today because I can't do it so it would have been quite a stress for me that kind of my own personal desire to be really good in all those different areas because I'm quite 
that's like that's my personality but I think since this has happened and I've seen the impact it's had on patients and colleagues that have become unwell and also patients that we've looked after that have then become unwell it's made me realize that those things don't really matter that much it's the grand scheme of things and I guess for me just going to work and coming home and making sure that I don't bring anything home to my children is always kind of at the forefront of my mind, but it almost makes me want to come home and just have that time with them and just down tools and just like, just literally be with them and be thankful for them and be thankful for the fact that, you know, they're alive, I'm alive, my family are alive. Yeah, and not sort of stressing about all those other little things. They just seem to be a little bit, out of proportion now that is an amazing takeaway <laughs> I hope yeah. that made sense <laughs> it really did not to sweat the small stuff and to down tool and focus on what really matters which is family which is community which is the people that you love and Absolutely. yeah really, really without your help you know you, you can't do anything can you so I think it's so important isn't it that we really focus on looking after ourselves looking after each other and spending time with the people we love with the time we have here on earth and i think people who are used to military life so soldiers and their spouses they're always living like this thinking well i might not ever see my partner again or my children again we've never had to really think like this you yeah. know but we now all are in that same situation where we're going well you don't know if we've got tomorrow or not. So I think that's such a great takeaway is like actually down tools, don't sweat the small stuff and just be is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. A, a good friend of mine actually said, it was quite to the point, he said, Suzanne, stop stressing about homeschooling. He says, you've got healthy and well-educated kids. He said, if you all come out of it alive and without loads of debt, you will have done well and I think and that kind of really struck me and I thought oh my gosh it really is that significant because I think sometimes when you're going to work and you're just doing your normal in the job that we do even though it's hard and even though we're changing things it's almost like it doesn't feel as big as when it comes it's like I almost think of COVID as being a bit like like ripples you know it's kind of out there and the ripples are really far away and then as it's progressed and as it's gone through and as it's spread those ripples coming closer and closer to us in that now everyone probably knows someone that's had it or that's been unwell with it or sadly that's died with it and I think it's become really real now so whereas before it was just seen as an inconvenience it is actually seen as something that's been totally globally life-changing and yeah that's kind of made me put it in a different perspective really yeah definitely so Suzanne thank you so much for your time do you have any final takeaways for us here at home you know we're being good we're staying home we're doing what the government says but is there anything else you want to say to us just to kind of encourage us and keep us motivated oh yes i think definitely you know we wouldn't be able to fight the fight as it's such even though you know like i said i'm not 
you know, in, on the nursing side, but we wouldn't be able to do what we do without people staying at home. We just wouldn't because we'd be too saturated with people being poorly. And, and I think as lockdown progresses and people get obviously bored and restless, you know, there's a temptation to think, well, it's fine now, but it's only fine. It's only getting better because people are staying at home. So just hang on in there and enjoy this time that you've got. You know, we've, we've got this beautiful weather as well. Just enjoy it be with your family because it's actually the people staying at home that are the ones that are, are really helping to basically stop this spike from occurring and again and, and making everything a lot worse so that would be my last piece of advice that's brilliant i did read something that said the virus doesn't move people move yeah and i think that's that really helped me to think well actually you know, this virus can't jump around, it's us that moves. Yeah. So, you know, us staying at home is the best thing that we can do until we get told any different. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your time and you coming on and talking to us. It's been really inspiring and really encouraging. And thank you for the work that you are doing. I know that it's a disruption to you, but also I just want to say thank you on behalf of everyone who's listening for, for delivering those babies as safely as you can <laughs> you're welcome thanks on the podcast we cover a range of sensitive topics and perspectives some of the points raised in this episode you may strongly agree with or strongly disagree with i want to know who you are and what you think Last season we had so many downloads, but we don't know who you are. I want to get to know you. I really want to hear your thoughts and continue the conversation. And that's why I've created a brand new Facebook group. You can find the link to the group in the podcast description, or you can search for Lily Joe Presents Eavesdrop on Facebook. Facebook.